signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling. Finish in the history of college football. California has won the game. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wester. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy. This is handsome Jimmy Vane, the Boogie Woogie Man. Hey, guys. I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to The Doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the tune-in app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Team Hotline, 639-4900. Get your reaction to the official Virginia Tech football schedule being released. I didn't watch any of the uh, hideous programming. Let's fill hour by hour on ACC Network. I believe it was a two or three hour show, just didn't avail the schedule, really. Any event, all that really mattered was how the Tech schedule was going to look. So we'll break it down. Mike Burnup joins us. We'll break it down further with him. Jermaine Farrell as well in hour two, and then in hour three, David Smith, our NFL correspondent. 744-2990 on the text line. We're going to wake up to maybe a little rain, that they said this morning. Right now, there's nothing really falling. Around seven, we may get a little bit. And uh, not bad, though. For the final day, is that right? Today's the final day of January. Is that correct? Wow. That's math, so i got to make sure. Tech basketball, big one tonight against Miami. There's no question about it. We'll talk about that a little bit as well with Mike. I wonder if he's down in Miami already. I would say he'd have to be. Knowing Mike, he's got his house down there. I'm guessing we'll be talking to Mike from Miami. All right. <laughs> so we can thank warm thoughts. 
Yeah, a little Steely Dan, by the way. I was actually requested. A couple people said, "Hey, I haven't heard a whole lot of Steely Dan." I said, "You know what? You're you're probably right. I don't know what I'm doing. No Steely Dan. My apologies. There, corrected. All right, uh, let's get into the schedule, shall we? Not a lot of surprises. We already knew the non-conference opponents. That wasn't a, a shock. So to take it all into the first year of the dreaded. Three five five scheduling mode, and this schedule a lot different than what we're used to seeing, right? In past years of the ACC, no more divisions, no Atlantic, no Coastal. As a matter of fact, there are only two teams that were in the Coastal that Tech sees on its schedules: Pitt and Virginia, which is interesting. There is one Thursday night game that's against Syracuse. Um, and really, there are three games that you look at as kind of being highlights. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, this is not the daunting murderer's row. It kept, and I guess people looked at it comparatively to last year. I mean, whenever you have a Wofford on the schedule and you have Liberty and ODU, that was a big thing going into last year. Remember, we discussed it a lot. Something that can't happen, that Whit Babcock can never let happen again. To have those two in-state road games in small stadiums, and then you have Wofford. So from that perspective, yeah, it's tougher. But it's not necessarily a murderer's row. Old Dominion, once again. Tell you what, that long contract they signed with the Monarchs just starts to seem like an anchor, doesn't pull them right down to the ocean. So, Ali Jennings... Side story there, we'll be flipping schools. Of course, he left ODU to come to Tech. And that's on September the 2nd. Home game against the Monarchs, trying to get revenge. All right. Then Purdue, who won the Big 12 West last year. or I'm sorry, the Big 10 West last year. But let's put this in perspective, right? They're going to have a lot of turnover. They've lost a lot of players. They lost their coach. Here's the problem that I hope you don't get into, that people are – Smart enough to get into. They do this a lot with the NFL schedule, and it rarely works out like they think. Every year, the NFL puts out its schedule, and all these people are like, whoa, they got the hardest schedule, or they've got the easiest schedule. And this is before free agency has been completed, trading, injuries, you haven't gotten to training camp, and then a team may look totally different because everything's based off the year before. And you just can't do that, right? We have no idea how any of these teams are going to look in 2023 because, like most fans, you're not really sure of everything comings and goings in terms of the portal for these schools. How's the new coaching staff going to be at Purdue? I don't know. But that's a daunting task to bring this team into Lane Stadium week number two even if you are in the Big Ten. I mean, if you're going to play the Big Ten, you might as well play teams like Tech's playing this year. Back-to-back, they've got Purdue and Rutgers. It still doesn't seem like Rutgers is in the Big Ten to me. Right? I mean, Tech played them in the Big East all the time. It still feels like a Big East team to me. They've just never fit in to the Big Ten. I mean, that was only because of money and the New Jersey slash New York Northeastern market. That's the only reason that happened. 
And Tech has dominated the series all time over Rutgers in the past, 12-3. to So, ODU, Purdue, Rutgers, that's the first road game, by the way. Then back-to-back road games. Then you go to Marshall. Be much better if that were West Virginia, in my opinion. But, hey, I digress. Replace Marshall with West Virginia. Then you have a really good non-conference schedule. I think that would be maybe making too much sense at that game. Now that we're seemingly over all this supposed, oh, the fans, they just get too upset at one another. We can't play the game every year. All right, that was never true. Why not play that game every year? Fans care about it. You talk about interest in a game. Virginia Tech, West Virginia. If you're going to play a team out of West Virginia, it should be the Mountaineers. All right? Tech's playing Marshall instead. Um, Tech one and two all time in Huntington. Charles Huff is the head coach. Remember, his name was being thrown around when Tech was looking for a head coach. They were nine and four last year. But again, the side story there Grant Wells taking on the Thundering Herd. If he ends up being the starter, that'll be something that people dive headfirst into. All right. So that's the non conference. So what do you think? ODU and Purdue at home. Rutgers and Marshall on the road. Now, I don't look at that as being... Now, again, we don't know where Tech's program is going to be coming out of the spring. Keep all that in mind, too. As much as I'm saying we don't know much about these other programs and how they're going to get through their spring with new players and all that, we don't know what Tech's going to look like. They may have a new quarterback. They've got a lot of new skill pieces. How's the offensive line going to look? It's year two. I think it's going to go a lot better for Brent Pry. I do. I think the staff year removed from getting acclimated is going to be really, really much improved as well. But we'll focus on the non-conference before we get into the conference games. I mean, i got to look at ODU and Blacksburg as a win. Should have been a win last year. Right? That's got to be a win. I mean, if you look at these four games, and everybody's going to say, oh, Purdue, well, you saw what they did last year. They won the Big Ten. That's what you're going to hear about a lot. Hey, they won the Big Ten West. Yeah, well, that's not nearly the same program. All four games are doable for Tech. And I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to, I was going to go through and predict wins, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. It's too early. It's silly. A lot of people are going to do that. And it's just, it's just idiotic because we just, there's just too much unknown about all these squads. But on brand alone, and given what we do know about Purdue, I mean, Rutgers in Jersey, that's not going to be easy. It's not necessarily because that's a daunting place to play. It's just because of the travel and everything involved. And we'll get Mike's take on it. I mean, Huntington's another small stadium. Obviously, that's an achievable win. I mean, you could look at a scenario that if things come together for Tech and they're healthy and they are getting good quarterback play and they look better and they look good. I mean, at the very least, you could get three wins out of those games. Maybe four. You could win all four, maybe. Who knows? And... 
I think the toughest thing, now we're used to seeing different teams in the non-conference, the three-five-five kicks in and it's strange. It's just, it's just strange. I don't know why, again, Tech saddled with playing Boston College. Fans are so over that game. But Pitt scheduled to come on September 30th to round out a five-game month. Tech has five games in September, just three in October, because that's uh, their bye week as well. And obviously, the traditional struggles with Pitt, but they're going to look so much different. They lost a lot of those veteran defensive players. They lost their quarterback. Slovis transferred out. And the toughest game on the schedule, at least in terms of perception, is what happens on October the 7th when Tech goes to Florida State. There's no Clemson on this schedule. Of course, no Miami, no Duke, no North Carolina. So Tech avoids three good ACC teams from a year ago. And this is where, really, when you look at this schedule, this is where this new model is very short-sighted. Like, Tech and North Carolina not playing one another doesn't feel right. But no, BC is there instead. And Louisville is there. Okay, and I know it's going to come back around. I know everybody, oh, well, they got this so it'll happen more frequently. Yeah, but it's not happening next year. And some of Tech's most emotional games is when they played the Tar Heels. Right, those were big matchups. Those were fun matchups. As a matter of fact, I would argue that that's become a nice rivalry for Tech in the ACC. Right? Now I can't make Mac Brown being sleepy jokes to Marva. But Pitt, Florida State, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Louisville, Boston College, NC State in Blacksburg, and then, of course, we don't know what Virginia is going to look like at all. So, your thoughts on the schedule? How many wins do you see? We'd like to hear from you. You've looked it over. It's a... To me, it's a definitely get back into a bowl. Then again, it's not the hardest thing to do to get into a bowl in current college football. But it's clearly a schedule that if things are progressing the way that we anticipate year two for Brent Pry, that this team will get back to the postseason in 2023, given this schedule. And I know I'm being a little frustratingly old school here, but I don't like not seeing Carolina and Miami on the schedule. I'm I'm not going to get over that. Not that Miami is a good program right now. It's an absolute mess. By the way, did you see the the under-the-radar firing over the weekend? Josh Gaddis, who two years removed, he was the National Assistant Coach of the Year. And Mario Cristobal fired him over the weekend. Clearly a lot more going on there than just, oh, by the way, all of a sudden Josh Gaddis can't coach offensive football. Nah. It'll be fine. So your thoughts on the schedule? We'll talk about it. Mike Burnup will break it down. But again, don't get necessarily caught into the, well, this is what they did last year. Well, okay. Very seldom do teams resemble the program they were the year before. Unless, of course, you're talking about 
the big, big, big boys, like the Georgias and Alabamas, Ohio States, programs like that. We don't know how Purdue's going to look, or the new staff, what kind of football they're going to try to play. We know what Greg Schiano plays at Rutgers, and we've seen Marshall enough to know that um, they like to mix it up, they like to speed it up, things like that. And Grant Wells came from that system, so he's going to know very well if he is the starting quarterback. That'll be an emotional game. But, hey, he may not matter. He may be on the sideline holding a clipboard. He may be in the portal. Who knows? But on its surface, yeah, it's tougher because there's no Wofford and you're not playing two in-state games on the road, ODU and Liberty. But let's put it this way. No matter what the 2023 schedule looked like on paper, it was always going to be more difficult than just the god-awful 2022 slate. I mean, that's the weakest by far tech schedule I've seen since they've been in the ACC last year. That was just, let's just forget about it and move on. All right, we'll be back getting started here on a Tuesday. Come on back with us. Big Dog Sports Talk is taking a timeout. Now, hold on, wait a minute. Time out. You want to say that one more time without the sarcasm? BTSD will return in a moment on WRAD. Need a little glass tiger on a Tuesday. <laughs> 28 minutes past the hour. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Mike Burnett joins us at the top of hour two along with Jermaine Farrell from WFXR. And we'll get into Mike's take about the uh, the schedule, at least on paper. Ben asked me, uh, when's a good time to start paying attention to how teams are going to look? I think out of the spring, Ben. I think once you get out of the spring, you can probably get some uh, post write-ups from beat writers, kind of like what Will Stewart does with Tech Sideline. By the way, they are the absolute best at what they do. You know, watch and see. you got people observing, and, and once you see the teams developing out of that, it's probably the best guess scenario. You know, which teams that are trying to figure out who's going to win jobs at quarterback or whatever key positions. Let's see how Purdue gets through their first camp under a new coaching staff. Things like that. That would be my take. In other words, when you start seeing Phil Steele tweet about it and he's getting finished with his um, preview magazine, which is why it's the best. He talks to all these coaches directly and the coordinators that's what's so great about his magazine. I don't know anybody else who takes the time to do that, but he calls all the, whatever it is now, 130 FBS coaches and has conversations with the coordinators as well. Coming out of the spring. Or heading into the spring, whatever it might be. But right now, we don't know how any of it's going to look, to be perfectly honest. I mean, just think right now how many questions there are surrounding Virginia Tech, right? 
We think there's been some really good additions. It looks great on paper. We're anticipating a much improved lessons learned type of year two from this staff. But the bottom line is this. We don't know yet, do we? And that feeling permeates throughout all these other programs, right? You just don't know for sure. All right, bottom of the hour is here. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Mike Burnup, Jermaine Farrell, David Smith still ahead on a busy Tuesday here on BDS2. This is Ace Custody with Virginia Tech Men's Basketball, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Speaking of Virginia Tech men's basketball, they have a huge game tonight. 7 o'clock. I think it's on the U. Miami. Virginia got a win last night by five up in New York in Syracuse. Six three nine forty nine hundred on the Baker team hotline. Text line seven four four twenty nine ninety. Like to get your uh, your early takes. How many wins do you see for Tech football? Looking at that schedule, most of the text messages are very optimistic so far. I've gotten three seven win predictions, one nine win prediction. There's an eight in there, and there's a couple six and sixes. Okay. Hey, every opinion is valid. Don't don't worry about it. ODU, Purdue, Rutgers, Marshall in the non-conference. First two games at home, latter two on the road. Then you come back and play Pitt, go to Florida State October 7th. After a five-game September, a three-game October. Wake on the 14th, and then a Thursday night tilt at home against Syracuse. So there is one Thursday night game. Then you open up November with uh, trips to Louisville and B.C. Programs that are going to have new coaches, right? Interesting. Tech's playing Jeff Brom's former school and his new school. NC State comes to Blacksburg on the 18th. Then, of course, the Virginia game on the 25th. That was not played last year because of the the shootings down in Charlottesville. So, your take on it, whatever you think about it, there's no wrong answer. I gave you mine. I think it's kind of too early. I want to see what Tech looks like coming out of the spring. I want to see what all these teams look like coming out of the spring. You kind of get a feel. You kind of have a better feel for a team like ODU because Tech just played them. Didn't play the other three non-conference teams a year ago. Tech's not really familiar with Florida State right now, right? They haven't played them, nor Louisville, to be honest with you. But everybody else they've seen on their schedule from a year ago in the conference play. And now that you see it in uh, black and white or school colors, it sucks not to have Miami and Carolina on there. It just does. I'd even gotten used to seeing the Duke game on there. So that's just something you're going to have to adjust to with the new scheduling model, the 3-5-5. Just, it's just different. Much, much different. But, again, I, I, I just uh, I think it's very manageable and 
I do believe that at some point, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, there might be a change. What's that ODU schedule? Is what, eight years? Is that, is that an eight-year contract, ten-year contract, something long like that? We'll see if that's something that continues to be perceived as beneficial for Tech. But they've been able to handle the Monarchs at home. They just haven't been able to win there. But I think even now when you're looking at the schedules, it was probably, well, not probably, it definitely was a lot simpler before days of the portal, right, to be able to see what a team had coming back. Because then all we used to do was see anybody declare for the NFL you know, you didn't have a lot of the, or at least nearly as much, transfer action. And you could kind of get a much better vibe on returning personnel and so forth. And now, like I said, it's, it's difficult. Like, I couldn't tell you what Rutgers has done in the portal. <laughs> I don't know. Purdue, for that matter, right? How many of their recruits, how many of their players jumped in. I mean, you can find it with the new coaching staff. How many followed Jeff Brom to Louisville? I don't know. But once you do all that research coming out of the spring and what they're expected to have and some of the coaches' comments, then yeah, then you start to kind of get a little better vibe for it, a little better feel for it. And that's kind of what I'm going to wait on. Glad there's not a Wofford we have to look at and just go, ugh, why? Thank goodness that's not there. But I guess the schedule's fine to look at, but for me, I'm I'm more right now, I'm I'm just more wondering how this team's gonna look. I, I I'm really looking forward to once we get into the spring and reports from all the wonderful people we have on the program to keep you updated. I'm looking so forward just to getting the takes of those folks and just seeing how this team progresses. I think if you're a Tech football fan, this is an exciting time. I tell you, you've gone through the losing seasons the last several years. You've gone through the coaching change and last year's frustration being in a lot of games, man. That's the thing about it. Brent Pry remaining steadfast. You know what I think Brent Pry doesn't get enough credit for? I think he showed leadership throughout this whole thing, even when the results, you know, during the seven-game losing streak and all that, it was just weighing on you. It was just sinking you to the ocean, bottom of the ocean floor. That's the second time I've used an anchor reference this morning. Don't find that everywhere in radio. (laughs) But I think leadership can be shown in many different ways. And I think, for me anyway, with Brent Pry, it showed through constantly with his level-headedness. Sometimes a leader just needs to be level-headed, right? And sometimes that is a statement that you don't think about a whole lot when you're talking about leadership. But I think it's vitally important. And I don't think there's any way that you can question that, that Brent Pry brought it every week at the press conferences, heading into the game, either post-game or pre-game.
And I think that is something that you don't see a lot of. Keeping your head at a, at a place where um, a lot of times you may lose your own head as a fan. <laughs> right? But let's just get through the spring and let's see what's going to go on, right? Because everything is anew. Everything is anew. Hokey Bob says best time of the year. We're tied for first place. Right. <laughs> yeah, Wayne's right too. UVA starts um against NC State in the ACC and Brennan Armstrong. I just, you know, for me, I just want to, speaking of being interested in what coaches are going to say, and I just, I got to be honest, I'm really pulling for the UVA program to get through a normal spring after what they've gone through. Right? You know, I think everybody understands what I'm saying. You don't want that to carry over into this year. I hope that the healing can be somehow tied into getting back to that kind of normal, if you will. It's not going to be easy, even though now you've getting further and further, more weeks and months separated from the uh, the funerals and, and the, just the mourning is, is just going to be ongoing. But I hope Tony Elliott and that program can kind of turn the corner in 2023 it's not going to be easy but that's that's my hope I hope they can start to heal through doing what they're there to do those players and so forth Ed chimes in he goes I really think Tech looking at that can win eight games I don't see why not now again we don't know you're right thank you thanks Ed we don't know what Tech's going to look like. But to a greater point, we don't know what any of these other teams are going to bring to the table. And, that, and that's my thing, too. I mean, everybody's highlighting the Purdue game. That's not going to be nearly the same Purdue program that won the Big 12. I'm sorry, I did it twice. The Big 10 West last year. New coaching staff. Lots of players out the door when they had a change there. I don't know what they're going to look like. Don't know what the offense is going to look like. Don't know what kind of defense they may run. We'll find out. Defensive-minded coach coming in. Mike asked, what would I like to see changed? I would like to see, I mentioned it in the first segment, Mike. Be great if that Marshall logo was replaced by the blue and gold of West Virginia. That should be an annual game. You're never going to convince me that Tech and West Virginia shouldn't be an annual game. I don't know one fan of either school who would not invite that. And I don't like seeing uh, not seeing North Carolina on there. I know, I know. It's the new scheduling model. I'd much rather replace Boston College with North Carolina. And I'm just talking about it from a, a, a sheer fan interest. Right? If you had this schedule and Marshall was replaced with West Virginia and BC was North Carolina, boy, oh boy, now there, fans would be very excited about seeing that schedule. But I know they'll come back around, all right? That's the whole point of this model. 
But yeah, I don't know. I don't know any Tech fan that looks forward to Tech playing Boston College. That doesn't move the needle really at all, does it? Does that move the needle for anyone that's a Tech fan playing BC? I mean, why it's continued to consider to be a rival, that's been gone a long time ago. Those Matt Ryan battles were a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, now if you had if you had three games, Purdue, Rutgers, and West Virginia, now there, there, there you go. Maybe that would be overscheduling in some people's eyes. I don't know. But it's not as if a brand-new-look Purdue team coming into Blacksburg or traveling to Jersey to take on Rutgers. I mean, if you're going to play two Big Ten teams, that's not bad. You're not playing the upper echelon necessarily of the league, even though Rutgers has improved and Purdue did play in that title game. But that was last year. But, yeah, that would be my changes. Ideal changes. I'm not saying it's realistic at all. I'm not saying that they should have done that. So let's don't try to say Rick's saying they should have done that. No, I'm just saying for me, if it were feasible, I'd like to see West Virginia there instead of Marshall, and I'd love to see Carolina there instead of uh, BC. I mean, whether it was the right setup or not, we've gotten used to seeing those Coastal Division teams on Tech's schedule, and there's only two of them. No Duke logo on that schedule. No uh, Carolina. No Miami. No Georgia Tech. Feels weird. It's change. Just looks weird and feels weird. That would be what I would do. That would be something that I would like to see. I mean, it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying you ask the question, so I'm telling you. And people may have a much different take. I get it. Completely get it. Because like I said, I understand everything about um, the rotating schedule and what they're trying to do. My criticism there was the three opponents that they picked for some of these schools made no sense, and we had great conversations with many of our experts about it. That's where they fell short. But really all that matters if you're a Tech fan is how do you come out of the spring and hopefully the quarterback battle won't linger into the beginning of practice. That's what I'm hoping. Like it would be great to come out, and I think we had it last year. It'd be great to come out and have a full throttle winner at quarterback that everybody was getting behind. If it ends up being drones, he's got the summer to get everything implemented. If it ends up being Grant Wells for a second year, he's got all these new weapons. He's year two in the offense. I think a lot of people that I've seen discuss and, and a lot of people just immediately are handing this thing over to the drones kid. I, I don't understand that. I really don't. Because Grant Wells, I haven't heard enough about it. It's year two in the system. He understands the system, the terminology. That's a huge advantage for the incumbent. And like I say, I know he wasn't consistent, and I know it didn't turn out the way at least I thought. But 
Tech's problems last year weren't tied to Grant Wells. Not in its entirety. It was tied to the just inconsistent and sometimes downright awful performance by that offensive line, which I will still not understand given Joe Rudolph's reputation and the experience they had coming back. The only thing I can think of is it was like fitting a square peg through a round hole, right? Maybe those guys were just so set that the new blocking schemes, the new things that was being asked just never transferred over. I don't know. But I'm telling you, you can, you can pin it on the quarterback all you want. You can pin it on the running backs all you want. I know the receivers didn't really step up outside of Caleb, but I'm telling you, if the offensive line is broken, you cannot run a functional offense at any level of football. If the front five is not good, you're not going to be good. Amongst all the suspicious nature of the uh, Bengals lost in Kansas City, bottom line is that offensive line could not keep Chris Jones out of the backfield. If you don't have the big uglies intact and if they don't provide every great tech team that Frank Beamer had, had an unbelievable, even if they weren't all-conference members, and it seems like somebody always was a member of it, of the all-conference team, that offensive line you never really questioned. They were going to be really good. And then I think the same can be said for the defensive line. If you have those big fronts playing well and secured, you're likely to have a good record once the season finishes up. Pass coverage is not what the cornerbacks in the secondary does. Pass coverage is because of the pass rush. Teams that defend the pass well is because they get pressure on the quarterback. It's not being able to run around because the opposing quarterback's pocket is just sitting around and you don't get any pressure and he's got seven, eight seconds. By then, he's always going to have a positive play. It happens up front. The more pressure you get, the better your secondary looks, the better your numbers look on defense. It's, it's fairly a simple concept. But if Tech can, can, can secure both of those... And granted, there's a lot of questions on each, not as many on the defensive line, in my opinion, as the offensive line. And they've got a shot to have, I think, an even better season than me, people think, that it goes beyond quarterback. Most popular guy in town is always the backup quarterback. That's the old saying, right? Even one that's never played. We'll be back to wrap up our one. I was listening to the broadcast, and I was wondering, what exactly is it? You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk. More BDSD next on WRAD. Wherever you might be, wrapping up hour number one, Mike Burnham joins us to get his take on the schedule. Got a text message, yeah, that's a good point. Kind of looks like Tech joined the Atlantic Division, doesn't it? Only two coastal teams on the schedule, yeah. It's a new world. It's a new world in ACC scheduling. 
No question about that. But it does. It really does resemble that Tech replaced Clemson in the Atlantic. That's true. Very true. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. I believe we're good for Mike. Usually he's pretty good about letting me know, and I know he's down in Florida for the game. I think he got down there early yesterday, though, but hope to hook up with him, Jermaine Farrell as well, and we'll get into uh, all these things. Big game tonight for the Hokies on the hardwood against Miami. Glad to have you with us wherever you might be. We'll be back. Stay with us.